Good morning. As we've been working our way through Isaiah this fall in this series, The God Who Saves, I've had several conversations with um, some of you um, folks in our congregation, and I've had a repeated conversation with 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 different ones, and it, and they, they've all kind of been similar. They they kind of start like this. Thank you for the message this Sunday. That is my favorite verse. <laughs> or that's my favorite passage in the Old Testament. I've heard this over and over again this fall. It's really it's really interesting, and. The conversations go on from there to the point that as I've, I, as I've listened to you talk about these passages from Isaiah, I've, I've, I've gotten the sense that the experience for you is something like uh, listening to a favorite song from your teen years <laughs> or vi- maybe visiting a favorite place that you used to go with your family when you were growing up with all the good memory triggers the sights and the sounds that, that bring that, that great memory back. And it just kind of takes you back to a time in your life when something special was happening. Scriptures can be like that. Maybe it's a passage you learned when you first understood how much Jesus loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, may not die, but may have eternal life. Or maybe it was a verse that reminds you that God is interested in having a relationship with you. Like that one in, Rome, in Revelation chapter 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to you and eat with you and you with me. Or was it when you realized that everything was going to be okay and you were reminded by that verse from Jeremiah 29, for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope. Or maybe you were comforted after losing a loved one by those immortal words from Revelation 21, for he will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. Scripture can just minister to us in an amazing way and take you back to a time when when you just knew that God was close as your very breath. Well, today's passage from Isaiah 55 is just such a passage for yours truly. And uh, I find these words such an amazing invitation. And the way it begins has always kind of tickled me. Ho, everyone! (laughs) There's not very many places in the Bible where the word H-O appears. Ho! Ho! Everyone. This is basically saying, hey! Hey! Are you thirsty? Are you? I mean, everybody gets thirsty sometimes. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Thirsty? Anybody thirsty? Hey! Listen up. 
It's, like, you know, it's, it's not unlike stepping into a restaurant full of people and saying, hey, everyone, whatever you want to eat, whatever you want to drink, it's on me. Have fun. I mean, has that ever happened to you in a restaurant? Can you imagine how cool that would be? It was like, okay, that guy's paying. I'm, I'm ordering steak and lobster. I'm going to have the best glass of wine they have. It's going to be wonderful. Ho, everyone. I love that. It's nothing short of an invitation to a party. But more than that, it's an entreaty to a good life. Life of deep satisfaction, unspeakable joy, wonderful peace. And the passage both begins with this, and then in verses 12 and 13, it ends with this. For you shall go out with joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall be to the, joy, the Lord for a memorial, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off forever. A life of joy and peace. What a picture. Joy, singing, beauty, peace, unexpected fruitfulness forever. It's an invitation for you to come into that kind of a life. This passage actually reminds me of another one from the Gospel of Matthew. And it too is an invitation. You probably know these words. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And that, by the way, is my favorite saying of Jesus. People ask you what your life verse is. That's my life verse. It has been since I was in high school. I see both these passages, the Matthew passage and the Isaiah 55 passage, as indicators that the prof there is a profound yearning that is deep within each one of us and that that yearning is understood by God. And it was likely placed within us by God. That we yearn for something wonderful. We yearn for joy, we yearn for peace, we yearn just to be restful sometimes, to celebrate with friends and family, and that God knows this. It's a good life. God knows what this good life is because God invented it, and God desires to share it with us. Now, as beautiful as this passage is, the invitation to the good life is not really the main point. Nor is it the main point in the Matthew passage. 
There are some that would have you believe that that's the entire message. That God only wants us to be happy and blessed and that all we need to do is claim his blessing and it's ours. There are quite a few preachers and teachers on TV who espouse this view. And uh, Raul and I talk about this on a regular basis. It's not the whole message. That's part of it. But it's not the whole message. God doesn't just want you to be happy and that's all. No. The scriptures teach something more and it's here in these passages. Look at verse three. I hope you have it open in front of you still. Isaiah 55 verse three says, incline your ear and come to me. Listen so you may live. Incline your ear. We have a little uh, silverish black dog that lives at our house right now. And when you're talking to him, sometimes he goes like this. You've seen dogs do this. You're talking to him, he goes. <laughs> He's inclining his ear. Now this is a picture of, you know, sometimes when, when someone is speaking to you, you kind of lean in. You, you incline your ear to really listen. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. And this word live that's were used here in the Hebrew is kaya. It's a word that means to come to life. To come alive. To truly live. To have vitality in your life. But here are two key points. It's not all about just the good life. Because these two points, I think, are what we really need to recognize as what's really going on in this passage. The first is that it comes not by claiming or seizing, but it comes by listening. Notice again in verse six, seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he's near. The first key point in finding the good life is to listen to God. Not talk to God, not to do things for God, not even to help others, but the key to the good life begins by being quiet and poised so that when God has something to say, you can hear it. Because when God speaks, it's most likely going to be about this loud. It's going to be a whisper you will more likely hear God speaking if there is silence. So the first point is to listen, incline your ear, seek God and listen. And the second point in discovering the good life is verse, in verse seven, let the, weak, the wicked forsake their way and the upright and the unrighteous their thoughts, and let them return to the Lord so that he may have mercy on them, and to God, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. The second key point is this. If you have wandered away from God in any way, return to him. There is a simple word for this. Repent. To turn from your disobedience, to turn from your sin, and return to God. 
And this is a key to life as it's supposed to be lived. Listen and repent. Now I know this is not popular wisdom. This does not match up with most self-help advice today, what we used to call pop psychology. And I've got news for you, this has always been the case. Popular wisdom does not teach this. It never has. I'm convinced that actually the prophet, the original writer of these words, he knew that some listening to this invitation would be saying, huh? What? That doesn't make any sense. How can the good life be a result of seeking God and listening to God, returning to God in repentance? So, Isaiah continues with this famous well-known saying in verses eight and nine. Perhaps you have quoted this yourself in some way. For my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Right. It doesn't make sense. When we're thinking about things and trying to solve our problems, most likely our first response will not be to get quiet and listen to God. We want to do something and solve our problems. But here it is. Would you like to find the best life possible? Then listen, these gifts come to us in surprising ways. Not by seizing them, but by devoting ourselves to the giver of the gifts. Remember that passage from Matthew? The same kind of thing is said there. Those who want peace and rest, you want to know how? Then take my yoke upon you. And Jesus' listeners might have thought, huh, what? A yoke? I mean, yokes are for doing work. They're heavy, they're burdensome. And Jesus says, no, my yoke is different. Take my yoke upon you and Learn from me. There's that listening piece. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. This is not a yoke that weighs you down. This is a yoke that lifts you up, gives you wings. Now, I I don't know if all this is making sense to you this morning, but here is the simplest and plainest way I know how to say this. Most of us Most of us tend to struggle through life trying to be happy, peaceful, fulfilled. Well, these these good things, they don't come from struggle. They come from being quiet and listening, repentant and, and poised in God's presence. And here's the beautiful part of it. God wants this for you. This is why he sent Jesus. He's the one who said, I come that they may have life 
and have it abundantly. There it is. The good life. That's why Jesus came. So how do you listen to God? Do you have space in your life for listening? Think about it. Think through your day. Do you have a routine of quieting your thoughts, placing aside your worries and responsibilities, and just listening? There, there's no secret to this. I mean, I can share with you what I strive to do. I don't do this perfectly. But here's what I do. I open my Bible. I read a psalm, an Old Testament passage, and a New Testament passage. I use the, it's called the, uh, the daily lectionary. And you can, you can Google that, and there's all sorts of uh, resources online that'll pop up. Daily Bible reading. I use that. And I read the psalm slowly, once or twice. I read the Old Testament passage, it's short. I read the New Testament passage, it's also kind of short, only takes a few minutes. And then I just quietly ask and simply ask, God, what are you trying to say to me today? In silence. And I, I just quietly listen. Do you have silence in your life? You know, it, uh, researchers tell us that having some silence throughout your day is one of the best ways to maintain um, emotional and, and mental health. So just getting quiet. And then I, I pray a simple prayer of confession. Lord, I confess my sin to you for the times that I've wandered away, when I was obstinate, when I was disobedient, when I was stubborn. I repent, Lord. I, I turn around and I ask for your forgiveness. It's as simple as that. It's daily. It's basic. It's and really, folks, it's the key to the best life. And if I can do it, I think you can too. In fact, there's lots of us who do this. Not perfectly. Not because we're super spiritual or amazingly smart. <laughs> but because God has invited us to the best, the best party ever. It's such a good life to be aware of what God is wanting to do in and around you and to be a part of that. And it begins this way. Listen and pray and repent. It's that simple. This morning in closing, I'd like to read a prayer. It's from Ephesians chapter three and I'd like to read it and kind of change the, the tense a little bit because I would like to basically read it over all of us. It's from the message, Ephesians, Ephesians 3, beginning at verse 14. This is our, our prayer for this, this morning as we're, as we're asking God 
to lead all of us into the good life. So let's pray. Well, God, we bow before you today. You are a magnificent father who parcels out all heaven and earth. Lord, I ask that you would strengthen us by your spirit. Not a a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength. That Christ will live in us as we open the door and invite him in. And we ask, Lord, that you will allow us to plant both feet firmly on love that we'll be able to take in all the extravagant dimensions of your love, Jesus. That we'll be able to reach out and experience its breath. That we'll be able to test its length. That we'll be able to plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives full in the fullness of God. That we will be able to say with all of our hearts, no matter what happens, it is well with my soul. Oh God. Help us, Lord, to do this. And we trust you with our lives. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Last, ask the ushers to...